Welcome to episode 262 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and I have Chuck Joyner back on the show. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm so glad you're here. I'm great, Dave. I'm great. Um, looking forward to next week in Mac stock and yeah. just yeah, trying yeah. to keep all the balls in the air between now and then. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I represented this week wearing my Mac stock shirt, so... I'm definitely looking forward to it, and I always look forward to seeing Ben Rethick. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, a little bit in pain, but I'm ready to do the show. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. I hope you feel better. Um, but uh, we got some uh, good stuff to talk about this week. We will talk about Max Talk a little later. Like like Chuck said, we, there's only one week away. Uh, the, the time has just flown by this year, and I'm, I'm just amazed that we're the early near to see all of our friends at Max Talk. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we've got, uh, some security releases to happen, all kinds of news. Uh, we're going to hit on, the. we're going to ask you guys a little bit about the Apple watch, some tips and the beta, you know, all the fun stuff we usually have here. Um, but let's go ahead and start with the very first story. Uh, Apple re-releases the rapid security response to iOS uh, 16.5.1 to Apache, pretty serious security exploit. After a very rocky start, uh, it has released this uh, this version. It's actually version C of 16.5.1. They they did release it earlier in the week, and I had, um, as many of us do, you knew it was a security response, so I installed it right away. So then then they pulled it because there was a problem. Um, so then uh, a couple days later, as we record this this week, they released uh, the it was it was letter A. This is now letter C, and. Uh, they were uh, very, very aware of this issue. Uh, and usually these rapid responses are something that Apple can do and do a very quick security fix without having to do a full firmware upgrade by reinstalling the whole, you know, the, the next version of the OS at dot one. Um, so, but the, I, I believe this had to do with a lot of a security flaw with affecting how websites loaded. That's kind of important. Uh, did you guys, uh, Chuck, did you install it? I'm sure I hope you did because this is uh, very important. I did not, David. Um, I still, Shame on you. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it comes down to a question of which do I think is is more likely to happen in the first 24 hours in that space? Am I going to be exploited or or could something go wrong with one of the updates? And so this is one of those times I was proven right. It's been a while since that's happened. But I still sort of stick with my 24-hour period thing, you know, just to see because the, yeah. I just feel like the odds of me being the only one who didn't install it is probably pretty low. And so I tend to wait. And as it turned out, I was glad I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think everybody should at this point install it. Did you install it on yours, Ben? Um, I'm one of the idiots uh, who is currently on the beta track. That's right. You're on beta track, so you wouldn't. this wouldn't even affect you anyway. Um, but... I have to say, Chuck's thinking is pretty prudent here. Yeah, I agree. Because there, with any with any new patch, there's always a chance they let something slip. They did this time, and Apple did it right. They pulled it, and then they re-released it once they fa- they fixed the error. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, uh, as I said, I think at this point, this uh, this was released a couple days ago as we record this. Um, that it isn't a bad idea. Actually, uh, I believe it was uh, yesterday as we record this. Um, it, I think you should go out this point and, uh, and take care of this. Um, I'm going to include, uh, an article, the article we talked about as well as the, uh, how the rapid response works on, uh, on Apple's platform. I'll include that uh, link as well. So you get a better understanding what, what this all does. Uh, but, uh, very important, uh, that we, uh, that you do that. So, um, yeah. And Dave, I just threw, um, in the, in the oh. show notes, um, Ken Ray's, um, current episode of the checklist, his security podcast, where he talks, gets into some of the nitty gritty on this. So I thought it was a really, okay. really Great. approachable explanation of it. And so that if, if you're really into what happened and why, um, give a listen to that. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Ken does, does have some great, uh, stuff on that show. Uh, mm-hmm for, for talking about that. So we put that in show notes as well. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, next story, everybody's favorite app Shazam. The app can now identify songs in TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Uh, this was, uh, 
this Apple just released this as you know, it, it's well famous uh, music rec- recognition app. Now can ad- recognize and identify songs that are playing in third party apps like TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. According to Apple, the users can open up the open up Shazam, tap the blue button, and then switch back to the app that they were using to see what's playing. The Shazam app engages the iPhone's microphone to hear the song and is able to listen while other apps are in use. A few seconds later, you'll it'll be it'll identify the song, and it'll be swapped right back to Shazam, so you can go look and see about the information. Uh, it is simpler to use the built-in song recognition feature in iPhone's control center to identify a song. With song recognition, you can open up an app like YouTube and play a song and swipe into the control center to do this. But uh, using this method does not require you to exit out of the YouTube app. Once the song is identified, it shows up as a notification in Dynamic Island, and you, you can then tap the Shazam app to get more information. So... Shazam really has come a long way. I mean, it was one of the very first apps that was released. I remember when we've had our iPhones for all these years. Um, and I think it does a very good job of recognizing songs. What do you think, Ben? I think uh, as years go by, it's becoming a better and better pickup for Apple. Yeah. And one, one of the more profile acquisitions Apple has done. But, you know, w- Things have changed. Um, listening, hearing songs on these other platforms, especially in kind of like the TikTok shorts type of things, uh, people are asking what songs are, and Shazam has now changed to kind of meet that current reality. Yeah, no, that's true. Definitely. Uh, Chuck, do you have you used Shazam much? Have you tried it? David, you know, when it first came out, it's like, yeah, there's a great little toy. And I thought, you know, you just never get around to deleting it off your phone. The number of times I have pulled it out and, you know, like, what is that track? Who is that? Should I know that? Um, that it, it and as has, has since Apple got it and it's become more integrated, it's just easier to use. And yeah, I, I, I probably use Shazam five or six times a month. Which somebody's going to say that's not a lot, but yeah, it is. Just given that usually I I tend to be one of those intentional listeners that I know what I'm listening to, mm-hmm. but if you're in a restaurant or something and you hear a song or a, a track that you think is interesting, yeah. yes, I mean, and sometimes I admit I've I've discovered artists that way or gained an appreciation for an artist that I would have completely ignored otherwise. Yeah, no, I agree. So. Check it out. Uh, I think they they did a good, real good job with that, and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, good stuff. Um, next story here: Apple adjusts the uh, trading values for iPhones, iPads, Macs, and more. Uh, Apple had had adjusted its estimated trading values for select iPhones, iPads, Macs, Apple Watch, Android smartphones in the United States. Some some, some devices slightly increasing value, others seeing some decreases. Uh, trading values probably increased between 10 and $20. Many newer devices, including the iPhone 13 and the 13 pro max, the latest iPad pro and going on and on, uh, uh, saw everything rose a little bit. So, uh, there is, uh, some good numbers as far as that goes. Uh, and, you know, of course, the, they saw trading values de- decrease, uh, the iPhone eight and iPhone eight plus, of course, for example, uh, did uh, decrease since it is no longer being supported by the latest OS, iOS. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Apple's done a really good job. I mean, I traded in an iPhone SE, a second generation for, for a family member and uh, got up and she ended up getting 90 bucks for it. So then the second gen SE is still, it's a much older phone and uh, iPhone. And uh, yeah, it's something that definitely, definitely uh, shouldn't get a lot of money for it, but Hey, 90 bucks, 90 bucks. What do you think, Chuck? Hey, I I think it's interesting that we're seeing these trade-in values reflect probably market conditions. I mean, for a while, it was just, okay, here's the trade-in value, and it didn't change for months. Um, And now, all of a sudden, we're seeing changes, well, months, longer than that, really. And now we're seeing things go back and forth a little bit. I have to wonder if it's based on the supply that's coming in and as people trade up or the demand or just Apple paying a lot more attention, one for whatever reason and through whatever method of what's out there and, you know, how they can get 
get give get and give the best prices because you know what's happening. One of two things: either they're taking these phones and they're tearing them down for raw materials, or they're refurbishing refurbishing them and putting them back out on the market as as the refurbished. So. Yeah. Whichever way it goes, you know, there's there are a number of factors in that equation, and I I would I'd love to know what those what that math looks like. But at the end of the day, it just more accurately reflects, you know, what the phone is worth at that particular time. Yeah. The yeah. the other thing though that ha- that we're not seeing is we're not seeing anybody give you know ten dollars for a phone or twenty dollars for a phone. These these things are still holding their value, or they're mm-hmm. just Apple saying we don't want to bother with them. One of the except, two, except Android, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I just checked the price on my 12 Pro Max. Uh, if Apple's willing to give me 460 bucks for it, nice. It, yeah. You know, wow. they're still going to be selling the, th- the thing refurbished for a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is, which is fine because yeah. maybe then you don't want to have to hassle with eBay or, Craigslist or any of those things, you know, you just pack it up, send it in, get your credit and go get your new phone. All all those, all those services like Gazelle, we don't hear about them anymore. They have these still around. I mean, I think, I think they are, but uh, a lot of those services are just kind of faded into the sunset. I mean, it's uh, Apple's really way the way to go for an iPhone. I mean, they're giving enough top dollar that why hassle with it. And you get, you get, you get credit. I mean, it was, it worked perfect. She bought it. My, my family member bought bought an iPhone 14, and I just I took care of it for it, and and it automatically did the trading for it, and uh, you uh it just uh you just send back in, and they'll uh they'll give you their ninety bucks. Yeah. So. So Gazelle and, um, is still Gazelle is still there, and I'm just punching it up here. So you can buy. Or, wait, that sell? No, I can sell my iPhone 14 Pro Max, 128 gigs. Oh, get an offer. That doesn't help. Yeah, they won't. They Shoot. won't. See, that's mm-hmm. right. That's another great thing about Apple. They're, they're, they're giving you the prices up front. They'll say this is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah those kind I, of services I, you have to fill out all the information. Well, and to be fair, you know the, those services are not in the business of refurbishing anything. So yeah. you know they're going to take it as is and try to resell it. Maybe you know right. buff it up a little bit, but that's it. Apple could spend just a little bit of money. Um, making it a little bit nicer, um, or you know, taking care of cosmetic issues. So, yeah. an iPhone, iPhone 12 Pro Max, 128 gig unlocked, is selling for 559 on Gazelle. Jeez, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's it's that's what's great. It's holding the value. I really I'm really pleased to see that. Um, and I, David, and, iPhone. iPhone 14 Pro Max, 256 gig unlocked, 939.99. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and actually, that's there's a reason I paid for it. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason they're holding these values. This phone, the reason that I have kept it almost three years now. Yeah. I haven't had any depreciable uh, decline in capability. It was a great phone when I bought it brand new. It's a great phone now. And quite frankly, if they don't, ha- if the USB-C rumors turn out to be false, it might be uh, a great phone for a couple of years to come. Yeah, it probably will be. I mean, the 12 will go for, you know, uh, you know, just like all the, I mean, the, the iPhone 8, how long did that last? And, you know, yeah, I, I, you probably get six to eight years on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of the side effect of having what is essentially a desktop processor or desktop cores in the, in a mobile phone. Yeah, did you have, did you have the point, Ben? Yeah, Ben, you make an interesting point though that I really hadn't thought about it in exactly that fashion. That you're you may not get the latest feature, so you may not necessarily climb up the ladder. Yeah. But the ladder's not being pulled out from under you as fast as with some other phones. Maybe not at all, from what you're saying. Yeah. From your oh, for yeah. your use case, so it's 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 fine. It it doesn't suffer in any of its capabilities. And you're not right at with all. The, yeah, and with the with the chip they're putting in in them now. Yeah. Why not? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. 
go out there and get your get, get go 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 buy an upgraded phone or at least trade your old one and even get you can be happy and have a little bit newer one. So um let's move on. Uh although this story was coming out before the uh actor strike has just hit as we uh, as we record today. Uh Apple Apple TV Plus has gained 54 Emmy Emmy awards led once more by Ted Lasso. Final season of Ted Lasso earned them 21 of those 54 nominations with nods to Bad Sisters and the problem with Jon Stewart. Uh, the nominations have were announced and overall the highest ever total by three more than last year while Ted Lasso had 21 itself. The third and final season of the hit comedy uh, picked up awards across a whole range of categories from acting, writing, directing, as well as uh, all kinds of good things here. Uh so like I said, John Stewart, the problem with John Stewart got nominations. That's a good, a very good talk show. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's great to see that uh, Apple's Apple TV plus shows are, are getting more and more recognized. I believe, I believe, uh, uh, well, oh God, I'm having a uh, brain cramp there. What was the other uh, show with uh, Harrison Ford and, 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 uh, Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, the one where there's psychologists. The psychologist. Uh, yeah, why am I having a yeah. cramp there? <laughs> we'll remember yeah. that. Uh, this is like a, this is like a three-way brain cramp. Yeah, that was. Exactly. Um so so uh, yes, that got, got a nod too. So it's it's great to see. Uh, I also believe that the the uh, Super Bowl uh halftime show with Rihanna got mm-hmm. some nominations too. So Yeah. What what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I mean, this this shows the level of quality that the the shows are. I mean, you know, I, I've said it before. You, a couple of years back, you didn't know what was on Apple TV. These days, I mean, the Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, Foundation, Silo, Severance. Yep. You you can't throw a rock on on Apple TV Plus without hitting something great. Platonic. I'm enjoying that show. I've been watching that with uh, yeah with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. It was uh, it was th- that's a kind of a fun show. And uh, uh, Shrinking was the show. The name I couldn't remember. Yes, Shrinking. Yep. <laughs> uh, they have and and now they have something for everybody. They do. They do. It's, it's a lot of good choices, and um, I think it just continues to have really good good shows. And so good to see if they have the Emmy Awards. Who knows <laughs> with these with the strike going on, the strike with the writers and now the actors, uh, we might not be seeing them, other than we know that got nominated here. So, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big awards person, but the fact that Apple is making these kind of waves in that particular part of the industry just says so much about the way they've approached it. And, and how many times did we hear people joking about Apple's getting into the, into a place where they shouldn't be playing. How many times have we heard that? And, yeah. you know, they just, they go in and you can say, yes, they're spending a lot of money that, that Apple TV plus has not made money yet. Well, okay, fine. Maybe it hasn't, but that doesn't mean it won't. And it's slowly, but surely adding more revenue to the coffers. Yep. And if they, if they keep doing what they're doing, if, if they can find or develop these kind of quality shows, mm-hmm and invest the proper amount of money in them, man, you know, it's, it, it's just a, one more Apple juggernaut. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, this is always, this is an interesting story when it involves Elon Musk. Uh, Apple is letting Tesla skip millions of dollars in app store fees. Uh, Tesla's Elon Musk has previously said he would go to war rather than pay Apple store fees, but Apple appears to have long since surrendered one particularly significant charge. Apple's app store rules are many and complicated, and they have been criticized for a de facto global tax by Musk and others, chiefly firms who want to run their own stores, but Tesla is seemingly uh, floundering one clear in-app payment rule, and Apple's allowing it. As the it issues it actually the actual the issue centers around Apple's iPhone uh, apps view live camera feature. Tesla charges ten dollars a month for that feature, such as a web browser, and that it's a legitimately excluded from Apple's fees because the browser runs in cars, not on iPhones. Uh, however, as part of that tier premium features, it's possible to use the Tesla iPhone app to monitor cameras in the owner's car. 
a Tesla owner pays on its monthly fee that can access the camera from the app and talk to its occupants. So if, steal, if a thief steals a Tesla, the owners can watch them or drive away. It's kind of like find my here. So, but mm-hmm. why, why, why give Tesla any break? Come on. They, they, they don't even want to integrate the iPhone to, into their cars in the first place. I mean, there, there's, we'll talk, I have another story in a minute about that, about that, but, um, you know, why, why would I want to give them a break? I mean, you know, I guess he could create a lot of, uh, uh issues too. But, right, Ben? Um, I mean, there's that. But I think it's one of those things where this is a very niche category. Yep. I mean, what what would Apple gain by essentially allowing customers of a car to not be able to have an app for that? Right. It doesn't make sense, but that's how it's been with Tesla owners. So, yeah, because I mean. In a lot of cases, your phone in that app is now your key on these newer smart vehicles. If uh, if it comes right down to it, if the owners had to choose between getting a brand new uh, fifty to hundred plus thousand dollar vehicle and switching to Android, I. I don't like Apple's chances on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Chuck? Uh, you know, my opinions are never popular in this kind of thing because, first of all, it's Apple's store. They can make the rules. They can make the exceptions. It seems like this is – if, and, and, of course, we're looking at the write-up here from – what is it? Apple Insider. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have Apple's official statement – and and they probably will never make one about exactly why they decided to do this, why it may or may not break this. As the article says, one feature does appear to break those rules. And so I'm going to take that as somebody did some research and assume that it, it looks that way. But I, I kind of want the rest of the story before I condemn Apple. That said, there are a lot of Teslas out there on the road. Yeah, and, there is. you know, to, to Ben's point, why would you want to alienate those those folks? It might be worth bending a rule or providing an exception, you know, for that particular market. And who knows, you know, maybe it'll just it'll help crack the ice and uh, and have Elon at least consider CarPlay. So I, I don't like the idea of Elon extorting um, mm-hmm. Apple for that. But on the other hand. If he's got the audience and Apple wants it, yeah, you know it's, it's one one way of paying him by not paying him. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's true. Meanwhile, uh, a- a- Apple's AirPlay was found in the latest version of the Tesla iPhone app after Musk signaled support. Apple CarPlay is probably never coming to the, uh, Tesla EVs, but the next best thing is on its way. It's been over a year since Elon Musk and Tesla said they would consider adding AirPlay support to enhance wireless audio quality for, for music from iPhones. At the time, Musk had tweeted that he would discuss this with other improvements with Tesla audio engineering when asked about bringing AirPlay to support. Now, fast forward to now, and it appears like the, the, the Tesla audio engineers team has uh been laying the groundwork for Apple's wireless audio technology. Uh, that's according to a, uh, uh, at Tesla iOS app. Uh, and I guess it's not via at Tesla on Twitter, uh, who decompiled the latest version and discovered its interest. So it says one uh, little string there, allow airplay for media playback. So did, did, uh, uh, did Elon give in it? It's very possible. I think this is actually pretty good news for uh, Tesla owners. Uh, if you ask me, what do you think, Ben? Definitely. It, I mean, Tesla has always been kind of apart from uh, the from the rest of the car industry. Number one, because it does have an Apple like following, and they also have that independence. Um, if you can't get CarPlay. Maybe this is the next best thing. Yeah, and I've I've always found that uh, that uh, AirPlay is uh, is a good substitute for anything that mm-hmm. is, if it's not natively being supported uh, with, with especially audio that works. What's your thoughts, Chuck? I 
you know, again, it's it's sort of the reverse of what we just talked about earlier. Um, Apple has this incredible user base, and we've heard from Tesla owners that we we all know that say the one thing they don't like about Tesla is it doesn't support CarPlay. So this might be a little bit of a bridge to satisfy them. Um, so you know, I, again, I, I feel like it's it's a win for Apple. It's a win for Tesla owners, yeah. and it it doesn't cost. Tesla anymore, anything other than just development costs. So again, you know, the the more choice you can give people for, and especially if they're expressing a desire, you know, why wouldn't you address that if, especially if it doesn't cost you anything significant as far as the cost of the, the car or the maintenance of the car goes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next story here. Uh, there was a couple CarPlay stories here. CarPlay can now control a Porsche's air conditioning and more. Hmm. Porsche has updated a companion app for its cars to make it easier for drivers to manage various functions of the vehicle from within the CarPlay interface. They announced that this week uh, that uh, this this app is going to provide an access to a number of elements to the vehicle, including the level of charge in the battery, setting the navigation system destinations, and adjusting the air conditioning in an update to its app. These functions are now accessible within CarPlay. Part of the update, drivers can see the images of the specific model of the car they are driving with CarPlay sound profiles, radio station clothes, controls, climate control, ambient light. So, you know, of course, people who have money who can afford a Porsche mm-hmm. uh, are going to be very much beneficial. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because could this be a trend uh, going further on other car manufacturers? What do you think, Ben? I think this is absolutely great news. Yeah. To get to this point, Porsche would have, and quite possibly the rest of the VW group, would have to work very closely with Apple. For a company that has a reputation for historically not playing as well with others, Mm -hmm. uh, it it shows me, especially as kind of this as a bridge to the future car play, uh, Apple is putting in the effort. Uh, with a with any manufacturers to get kind of the next generation of CarPlay going. Yeah, I mean that that's the big goal. Is there? Well, I, I'm interested to see when the first car comes out that has the new CarPlay dashboard, uh, as mm-hmm. as as Apple introduced it action at uh, WWDC 2022, um, and uh, see where that goes. Um, you think I think Chuck, this is something that uh, you'd like to see in other cars, other other vehicles. Well, sure. I mean, just because Apple's interface, if if it can become standardized, it feels so much better. But mm-hmm. because right now, you if if you rent a car or anything, half the time you you know you spend twenty minutes trying to figure out just where the windshield wipers are, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, and, and you know that may be a little exaggeration, but it, you know it's oh. you're especially when you're used to your car and you reach over and the knob that is usually there to control the air conditioning is no longer there. The thing that when I saw this story, it makes me wonder back, wonder about going back to some of our discussions in the past about, is this the Apple car? Not the vehicle itself, but the operating system and the control panels and the controls. Is this how Apple will make its way into into the auto industry in a meaningful fashion? And it would be sort sort of like Apple's modus operandi to... To work with the high-end folks to develop and and put it in, you know, and where the where the cost can be absorbed a little bit easier, and then as they get the expertise and the idea of you know how to manage manufacture it and make it available, they bring it down to you know the little the other levels for us mere mortals. Yeah. So I I, I love this idea, and I. Mm-hmm. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Porsche because that means that the odds of us getting to try it are probably pretty slim. Yeah. Um, but you know, unless we hit the the Powerball this week. Um, but tonight. beyond that, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is tonight. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, again, it's how can it be bad to 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 work on these kind of integrations and just figure out what how to do it and what people want out of those integrations. Yeah. And then go from there. Absolutely. I mean, to me, the car seems a lot like the TV, where Apple wants to control the experience, but it also knows it's not in its best interest to control the uh, 
the car or the screen, or in this case, the car. They want the user interface experience. Yeah, no, that, that is true. That is true. Meanwhile, our friends at GM, the dealers are not happy f- with the future of EVs and won't, that won't support CarPlay. This is an infinite number of ways that this could go bad. Uh, as we know, earlier this year, GM announced that it's boneheaded decision to ditch CarPlay and all. <laughs> I like this. Uh, thanks, Chance Miller at 9.5Mac. I like your, that that line. In uh, all of its future EVs opted for a partnership with Google instead. The company has received an incredible amount of backlash since the announcement, and unsurprisingly, GM dealerships are also none too happy about the move. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a report in the Detroit Free Press that rounds up comments and concerns for GM dealers who are still grappling with the GM surprise announcement. One source in close contact with multiple GM dealers explained the risk of failure is very high for the automaker abandoning CarPlay. Uh, and the, despite the move uh, publicly in March, the GM dealers have not received any communication from the company about what exactly is happening. Mm-hmm. A good line here is uh, CarPlay is not broken. Why fix it? Ask a, a source in close contact with multiple GM dealers. Request on an anonymity for business concerns. And then they said the risk is very high. Yeah, I don't understand why GM has made this decision. I, I think it's just absolutely ludicrous that they're they're going to be there's going to be vehicles out there with no CarPlay support. I mean, we're, we're, this isn't 2014, 2016, those times where we were still waiting to get CarPlay in a car. Now it's, they're just moving on to something else. And I just think it's going to be an epic fail. Don't you think, Ben? I think this will not end well for Mary Barra. That, that too? Yeah. I, I if, if the dealers are riled up enough and they have the, the potential to lose not only consumer sales, but fleet sales. Yep. Uh, I think there'll be either the going to be the uh, change the policy or uh, we'll find someone who will discussion. Cause you know, that the fleet sales, meaning car rental companies, they're, they're not going to want GM cars. I and mean, even though they have a lot of GM cars in their fleet, uh, mm-hmm. the probably people are going to be like, nah, I don't want that car. I'm going to move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the company that benefits most from this decision is Ford. Yep, Ford and many of the other uh, car car manufacturers that that are happily supporting CarPlay. What do you think, Chuck? Do they think it's a crazy move? I, I just I, I shake my head at this, and I, I didn't understand when it came out, and I have not had anybody explain the logic to me other than just to say, well, uh, GM is looking to create a revenue stream from subscriptions. Um, by you know giving us or giving putting something in that we will then pay for, or uh, you know that's if if you really feel that strongly about trying to do it, then put CarPlay in and say we're going to charge you an extra fifty hundred bucks, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or some kind of subscription because we really don't want CarPlay in. But if you want it, you can have it. You just have to pay for it. And right. but but just to say flat out that they're not going to do it. When we see how, and I, and I know we're all Apple enthusiasts, right? So mm-hmm. maybe we're we're jaded, but I know how many times I hear non-Apple enthusiasts, just normal people, say how much they, they enjoy CarPlay, mm-hmm. and so why why would you decide? Again, we we go back earlier to the to the Tesla uh, Tesla and the app discussion. Right. If your customers say they want something, why are you not giving it to them, or at least giving them the option to have it? Yeah, especially when they have the option to go somewhere else who who is pushing who is basically making a marketing campaign out of GM's decision. Right? I mean, exactly. And and like exactly. you said quite true. Well, just, you know, I I'm thinking, you know, when I got my car, I mean, yes, CarPlay was a requirement. Um mm-hmm. but you know, it, okay, and it had the Google, the Android Play or whatever their their dash system is. Mm-hmm. It's like fine, I don't care. You know, great if it's never going to get used in my car, but it, mm-hmm. I, I respected Honda, which is what I, what I what I drive. I respected Honda for giving their users a choice. You know, here, uh, GM. I can't keep wanting to say Apple. GM is not giving anybody a choice. I just don't get it in a in a world that is competitive right now. So competitive in so many ways. The EV market is strange because nobody knows what the heck it's going to look like in a few years 
Meanwhile, Tesla's mopping the floor with everybody, whether you agree with it or not, like it or not, that's that's the way it is. Yep. So I, I, why would you just, on something as as both unimportant and important as the, the, the entertainment system in your car, why would you live yep. and die on that hill? Doesn't make sense. Absolutely yeah. doesn't make sense. A, a couple quick, quick uh, quotes here. Uh, like like you mentioned, Ben, uh, uh, Ford CEO Jim Farley had said uh, from the Wall Street Journal, uh, 70% of Ford customers are in the U.S. are Apple customers. Why would I go to an Apple customer and say, good luck? That's like, doesn't seem customer centric. And Apple does a very good job. Um, so there are philosophies very different. And then uh, th- then you also have Tesla and Rivian. Rivian are the two major holdouts in adopt. Uh, uh, adopting CarPlay, but at least they've spent years and years of developing their own respective infotainment systems. GM has no plan. I mean, they're just, no, they're going to go find somebody and just be done with it. I just don't, don't get it. He even says, I have zero faith in GM's ability to create something that will even remotely match the reliability and familiarity of the feature set of CarPlay. And, and, and Farley says how, he, he knows he, he gets it and understands how important CarPlay is to buyers, but GM and Mar- GM's Mary Barra clearly doesn't. So, it, and, and the, Dave, you you brought up a really interesting point there that if if they had a plan or if they had a feature set that mm-hmm. they could identify that their yeah. customers want that CarPlay doesn't deliver, you know, if they, if they could you know hit a button and have a milkshake pop out of the dash, that would be yeah. a differentiator. But as it is. It just feels like it just feels like a money grab in, in of the worst possible kind. Yeah, I, it's like uh, what's our feature? We're going back to 2013. That's our feature. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, before we go move on to topics, I wanted to say hello everybody in the chat on uh, that's on YouTube.com/slash in touch with iOS. Hello to uh, Guy Searle and uh, also WebXP is in the chat. So how you doing, guys? Thanks. Uh, for being there. Appreciate that. So let's uh, go ahead and go on to the topics for this week. Uh, well, beta is getting pretty active now. Uh, beta iOS 17, uh, public beta was released, uh, this week. So you, now the whole, the whole world can start mm-hmm. being silly and putting, putting uh beta on their, uh, their devices. <laughs> don't so, do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, so it's so this will be the first time. So that as, as Apple had promised in mid to late July that uh, that they were going to release this out to the public. Uh, so uh, uh, the public beta testers who had signed up for the beta test program can download it now for iPad OS as well as iOS 17. And uh, you know we've gone through a lot of the things that they've added uh, with the the airdrops name drops feature and the FaceTime support and all that stuff. We've talked a lot about that. Uh, so it's uh, good to see that uh, now you're going to get some people who, who want to brave uh, this. You can. Uh, one good thing is you can downgrade back. You can downgrade back to iOS 16 if you so wish, but it's quite the mm-hmm. process. So I don't recommend doing this if this is not for the faint of heart. If uh, you're not comfortable doing uh, beta testing here, um, so uh, as, as and they also put the public betas of Watch OS 10. Boy, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I don't put beta on my watch at all. I mean, I just, it just, I just don't. So, um, so, uh, and then uh, also I wanted to mention too, that uh, Mac OS uh, Ventura 13.5 is going to fix an iPod shuffle syncing issue years after the device was discontinued. I found this to be interesting. Uh, They haven't released that version yet for, for Ventura 13.5 but it's going to resolve that, that syncing issue with a fourth generation iPod shuffle, which they've discontinued for years. Um, so there are some release notes talking about it and it can't be synced to an unknown error. So like I said, they discontinued the iPod shuffle in 2017. So, um, this is going to be, it's interesting why they, they were worried about that fix, but I mean, Ventura in itself, you know, it's good that you stay up on your updates. Keep, keep this secure. They had, they had the, the, re- the rapid response from Ventura as well. So just uh, when that comes out, you know, it'd be another be- another update. But meanwhile, the the developer version of uh, iOS 17 beta three was released this week, and uh, that 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 has come out for uh, for for both. Um, 
couple noted things that have, have come out to, that they've launched in, in iOS 17 beta, which includes a save to photos option. That's something new mm-hmm. and full screen, uh, a full screenshot interface. And then also it's a better support for dual SIM. Uh, so the screenshots thing, have you tried that Ben with the, with the new screenshots thing? I have not, but now that I know about it, I really want to. Yeah. I, I haven't updated this, this iPhone 10R uh, yet. Uh, but, yeah. Something to, to be, because I love screenshots. I think a lot of us do. And then, yeah. you know, makes it easy to save to PDFs and, and, uh, and a lot of other things, which is great. Um, the, uh, the other two, uh, other thing that they, there was something notable is, uh, for language support, bilingual Siri queries, mixing English and Hindi and other, uh, Indic, uh, languages, which that's kind of interesting. So you kind of mix mm-hmm. that, uh, for across the board with iOS 17, iPad OS 17 and Mac OS Sonoma, uh, we'll have this, uh, features uh, for those those users to include that bilingual queries because mm-hmm. uh, they're they're multi they're bilingual so that's yeah. cool very cool to see that they're, they're they're doing that so uh other than that i don't think there's been really other all the stuff we've pretty much been talking about the ios 17 continues um and uh other interesting firmware upgrade that did come out too is airpods the airpods firmware gets a second developer beta i, I didn't even, i know we talked about the first one that came out uh, developers are testing AirPod, uh, AirPods firmware version six, which was introduced during WWDC that has the adaptive audio and you go into the beta two now, uh, it, it increases the different builds. And again, Apple generally doesn't release any, uh, notes for firmware on a regular basis for AirPods. So I would probably recommend not doing it <laughs> if I were you, uh, just, let, let everybody else give you, tell you about it. And then we'll, we'll get that feature soon for AirPods. You know, I know Chuck, you're waiting for a new pair of AirPods and, um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's, uh, uh, it's something that, uh, we, uh, are going to be looking forward to with adaptive audio. So, yeah, I mean, and there's this terrible temptation. It looks so good, but yeah, just like everything else, I, I just, I, if I, if somebody were to give me a pair of AirPods that I could play with, and you know, have a problem with them, then fine. But I feel like I depend on, no, on the too. AirPods way too much. So we've got the older I, ones, but yeah, I'm going to bother with that. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So um, so th- that's another thing that's going to be happening here with uh, um, in 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 the firmware world here. So uh, next story here, I wanted to talk a little about the app, about the App Store. The App Store. Happy birthday to the App Store. It's 15 years since. Uh, we have downloaded our, I, I just can't believe it, that, that the first app that was out there in the App Store, I, we go back a long ways away in 2007, there was no App Store. It, it, I mean, you just had the core apps on your iPhone first gen and uh, that was it. Uh, so it was a year later, 2008, when they finally uh, gained uh, the App Store uh, and making these apps. And uh, I think this is something great uh, that, uh, the, uh, the, that the, and look where the app store is today. I mean, there's millions upon millions of great apps that are out there. I don't think we would, uh, do that yet. So the iPhone 3g was the very first iPhone that, uh, had, uh, the app store for the first time. Um, so at first, if you remember Steve jobs saying that there's no need for an app store <laughs> when, when, when he said that, you know, when, when you came up on stage that first time, we'll never forget that. Um, Oh, the, the full Safari engine is good. It's good enough. You can access everything on the web that way. Right. Um, <laughs> so what, uh, yeah, then everybody hacked their phone. Yeah. And then, yeah. And of course they, yeah, they, 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 they uh, jailbroke it. And that was always a good, the famous thing to do. Um, so, so I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of tapered off now. I don't see too much discussion about jailbreaking of fo- iPhones these days. Um, what was your first, do you remember what your first uh, app was that you, uh, that you had installed, uh, Ben? I think, I can think uh, Shazam obviously was probably one of them. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I wasn't there at the very beginning. My first was the 3GS. Okay. I can tell you what my first case was. <laughs> I literally still have it in the drawer here, but. Yeah. So when the, yeah. uh, did you have, did you have any apps you were, I mean, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot for you guys, but uh, do, do you recall an app that you may have installed the first time, Chuck, that you'd found to be useful? 
I, David, I, I, I don't recall. Yeah, it's I, hard I just, to remember. It's so long know, ago. <laughs> yeah, and and there, there have been so many apps since since then. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But you know, and and look, to be fair to Jobs, I mean, they're really there was one vision for the app for apps however they were going to run and it was going to be through safari yeah. uh and even now there's still times that there are apps that are built that way that are very mm-hmm. th- that have a lot more functionality because for obvious reasons that said though what can be done inside the iphone with no connectivity now i mean it's it's a far cry from what could be done then yeah so yeah. In, it it almost boy yeah, you know, I'm reaching back here a little bit, but think about the Newton and how you know it. It was a it was a concept before its time, before the, the the chips could support what what was needed. And I I kind of feel like maybe the early iPhones were that way because we had all these great ideas, and developers wanted to do things with it, and the chipset just wasn't there. And now to Ben's earlier comment, now we have desktop level chips in our phones. Yeah. And so our phones are lasting longer and they can do some really amazing things. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And um, the chipsets not being up to it, exactly what led to Apple Silicon. Yeah, no, that's true. Yep. So, so the app store started with 500 apps. So there wasn't a lot of apps. I remember that there, there was, there was a, a, a little handful of uh, collections. Uh, I would probably say now at this point, there's probably about, five to ten million i'm probably just i'm I'm exaggerating a little bit but i there's a lot of apps out there um and uh i think the biggest complaint was with apple was the app store and its gatekeeper position you know Mm -hmm. they're giving an example here of that that photo app was called 500 px that had been downloaded over a million times but it got pulled because of its existing photo search function so they got a big huge backlash about that uh, so the app, an app store reviewer had looked at a sub a submitted update to the app and decided it was too easy for people to search the, for the feature to find nude photos. Okay. It, it was subsequently restored <laughs> and it's still available today. Mm-hmm. So, so you get interesting like that. And we've talked about other things like Epic games. I don't need to go down that rat hole with the, what, what, what happened with that. Um, but, uh, but I think overall the app store has been very successful. We've got a lot of great apps out there. The ecosystem for the, for the iOS and iPad OS is, is very solid. Um, it's, it's just, it's look, it's fun to look back and see, uh, you know, where, where, uh, where everything has been going and where, where the, where the future is for, um, uh, for the app store. Don't you guys think? I mean, and think about the the money that the App Store generates yeah. for yeah. Apple and for developers. Right. And I know that we've had plenty of discussions about developers not being happy with the 30%. Right. But at the end of the day, somebody has made a whole lot of money off of the App Store on both sides of the fence. And so, again, it's, it's another one of Apple's kind of sleeper home runs that started out small and took off. No, and uh, I have to get, yeah, I have to give Apple credit for the app store. Um, they saw what the community was doing and they quickly pivoted once it was obvious what users wanted. Uh, they could have stuck to their guns, but then I don't think the iPhone would be what it is today. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, go go into the chat room. Web Bixby, he says it was probably a fart app. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many of those; it was it was insane. I mean, just and I was I was always surprised that Apple just let those go. I mean, it, it, but there were so many of those. I think there's very few these days. I think people have lost a lot of interest in that particular uh, type of app. Um, well, and, and, the, and remember all the flash, different flash flashlight apps. apps too, before the flashlight was added yeah, to the iPhone. Don't, don't forget the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That uh, might've been my first. Yeah. Might, honestly, it might've been mine too, because that would have been a very practical app that, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, here's to 15 more years of all these, iPhones, yes. all these apps. And I think it's, uh, this is going to be, uh, continue to keep do better, bigger and better things here. So, um, so it's, uh, very cool to see. Um, I think I wanted to talk about a little bit was the Apple watch. Um, 
I'm curious what, uh, what you guys, uh, uh, do as far as, um, which apps do you think you use the most on your iPhone? You know, what on your app to watch, I mean, excuse me. Uh, and what do you think, what do you think is the, the, the biggest thing that, that really helps you, uh, with the use of the Apple watch. I mean, I know we all love having it on our wrists. We love, you know, the mm-hmm. health part of it is, is, is there any, Chuck, is there any notable apps that you like to use that you're using on a daily basis on your Apple watch? It's an interesting question, David. Um, I'd really have to go back and think about it because it's become so much part of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I think messages, absolutely. Messages and reminders and alarms and those kind of things. One of the first things I do every day is I, after I sit down at the desk, you know, I look at my calendar and I tell my watch that set an alarm for 10 minutes before this meeting, 10 minutes before that meeting and 10 minutes before the next, because you get so engrossed in things. And, and I, I, first of all, I hate being late for meetings, but you know, that, that, kind of guarantees me that I'll get a little nudge no matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, 10 minutes from now, I got something. So, and and that's no small thing because that means that if I go out for lunch or if I take the trash out or whatever, that's going to go off on my arm. It's not like as great as the desktops are and as great mm-hmm. as the phone is, it's still a superior experience. Yeah. The idea that I can, I can get a message and surreptitiously glance down and see what it is as opposed to having to pull out my phone. I mean, those were always the killer apps for me, and that hasn't changed. Um, you know, the I, I'm 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 a little bit compulsive right at the moment as Apple stock has been having a great run at using the stocks app. Um so beyond that, I've I honestly I'm gonna have to while Ben's talking, I want to look at my watch and see what else jumps out at me because I know there are others. It just mm-hmm. you know it just kind of depends. Um, for me, the, I mean, the obvious choice is going to be workout slash fitness, but kind of the non-obvious is just the little things. I mean, obviously I use it. I look at it for timers. I look at it for notifications, but you know, then when I'm using CarPlay, I get a little tap tap when it's time to turn. I have my watch set up so I get uh, the tap version of uh, the old chime when it's the top of the hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's not one thing I do on my Apple Watch. It's just kind of make it's. Do you remember those commercials where it's like, we don't make this, we make it better? That's kind of the role the Apple Watch plays for me. Okay. It just enhances everything else I do with my Mac and my iPhone and everything else. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't, can't agree with you more on that. And a uh, uh, lot of a uh, lot of the great things, like you know, even be able to record, uh, do do a voice recording on uh, on the Apple Watch is a, is a handy thing. Uh, answering your phone, as we talked about, is something I probably do a good fair amount. And then, you know, replying to texts using voice, um, which is nice. Uh, the mm-hmm. timers, you know, like 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 Chuck mentioned, is is something that's uh, is is great. Um, I don't check email too much on the Apple Watch. Do you guys check your email on your Apple Watch much? It's just really hard. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't check it, but it Wait, tells, it. it's very good for no letting me know when there is an email. Okay. Okay. And, and 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 while I was cheating, I was looking at my watch. Um yeah. there's there's a golf app called Hole 19 that I use regularly. Yeah. Just usually, usually on weekends only, unfortunately. Um there's also um an app I'll be using when we're as we head to MacStock, and that is TripIt um yeah. for and and also the airline apps mm-hmm. um that you can now receive the notifications on your watch as opposed to having to as you're lo- as you're dragging your your luggage through the airport, you know, and, and you get, you feel the phone buzz and have to, you know, drop it and see what's going on. I can glance out of my watch and see, Oh, okay. My flight's been canceled. I better go make a new one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, so th- there are different situations that may not happen every day, may not have, may not happen every week or even every month, but boy, when you're in them, it's, it's perfect for those kind of things. Yeah, Absolutely. 
I think the bands is another nice feature. I think they, they, the Apple did a great job of, of, of just offering. So, I mean, I mean, I'm crazy. I have so many bands and I'm sure we all do Yeah, uh, change come out all the time. And it, it's just so easy to change the bands on these, on the Apple watch compared to, you know, your standard watch. I mean, the, there was, you know, with the, I remember the old, those watches with the, the post that you had to kind of get a little tool in there, slid it in there and then let it pop out. Well, it, Apple made it oh, so yeah, easy. I hated those. Uh, me too. I, I, I was like, Every time a band broke, I had to change it and like, oh my God, I got to get a jewelry screwdriver and slide this thing out. And so I think they did a good job. And, and you know what? Kudos to Apple II is keeping the app, the, the app, the wall app, the band sizes pretty much the same. I mean, it's slightly smaller face, but those bands still are backwards compatible. And you know, we've got eight, eight generations of, uh, of Apple watches and, and every band that you've ever had. From series zero to to series eight, and, and including the ultra, uh, uh, you can use the same band, and and that you know, kudos to Apple for doing that because you know there was never a, it, it, you know, most most companies would probably say yeah time for a redesign, <laughs> you know they've got to go buy new bands, and like you gave the example about the USB C, you know you know that's going to be there's going to be just like when the thirty pin connector went to to, to lightning the the big mm-hmm. the, the the mass praise of oh my god when i have all these cables what am i gonna do now all right here's an adapter <laughs> so apple did give in on that so but the apple watch they've been pretty they've they've stayed pretty solid um when it comes to uh to, to keeping the standards with the with the with the battery so i mean with the with the, with the band i mean um so um so it's a good thing it's a good thing i i really like my apple watch and i'm looking forward to, to i'm probably gonna upgrade to the series nine. I waited. I kept it was stuck with the series seven and I've been fine with it. I'm still happy with this, this watch. And, and I, I think Chuck, I know you have the series eight. Do you have the series eight as well? Or No, I stuck with the seven. Oh, oh you and I, that's right. We both, we both did the yeah. same thing. Okay. Yeah. Sort of the same reason there wasn't, it wasn't a compelling reason for me no. to get it other than just the fact there was a new one. Right. But you know, I kind of, I'm not, I'm not a watch man guy. All right. I think okay. I've owned maybe, a total of five watch bands, three of which are sitting in a case on my dresser in yeah. case I ever need them. Um, so, but the the design of the Apple watch band is why so many of us wish Apple would get into this business or, you know, take over that industry or whatever. It's mm. just something like that, that for, for decades, if not probably longer, you know, the, the watch industry did not solve a common problem. Mm-hmm. And, Apple came in and just wiped the, again wiped the floor with it and said, "Why is this so difficult?" You know, and and as and as a result, this is a poor analogy, but I'll do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the App Store, you know, is they created a market. They created a market for all these all all these very high priced watch bands that they sell, but also all the knockoffs. Yeah. And to the end of the day. I, I won't speak for Ben. I didn't see him shaking his head, but I know you, David. You know you're an addict. I um, am. You've, <laughs> you've, you've got more watch bands than I have socks. And so, <laughs> you know, so it's. I found it's a special. A, Zoot, uh, uh, what was it? Woot had a had a special. You could get like uh, fifteen bands for for fifteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all yeah. different. Yeah, look at he's got his little collection. Oh, oh Ben. He's got even an organizer. He's got an organizer. He's got a watch. Watch me. Oh, my head just exploded. I I, got to get that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Please, Ben, send David the link. He needs that. But yeah, I mean, those are the things that Apple just does so well. And, and I, I, I love it. That one didn't affect me, but it wouldn't be hard to except that I just, I, I've, I put my watch on in the morning. I take it off and at night or no, actually I take it off when I get in the shower because I, I sleep with it. So, okay. Yeah. So more than, more than you needed to know, probably good discussion. I think, yeah, we don't, mm-hmm. you don't spend a lot of time talking about the Apple watch and really what it means to you. And, you know, people just assume it's for looking at their watch and all the health stuff, but there are so many other things that we really like uh, about that. So, um, one tip I wanted to talk about here before we wrap up here is, um, I didn't even realize this until I caught this the other day here is, uh, the ability to being able to organize, uh, scheduled summaries. And oh, what, what I'm talking about is if you go into the notifications, um, under settings, um, there is a, there is a selection under there called scheduled summary. So I have it turned off right now, but if you go and turn it on, you know, we've always get those notifications. Like I've, I've got, uh, 
uh, Twitter notifications. I get those all the time. You get the wallet notifications. Uh, um, you know, T-Mobile, I get notifications from them to let me know about things. Um, the MLB app, because, you know, we've got to know the scores of the Cubs game. Uh, so, uh, and uh, even Matt Decap, our friend Dave Hamilton, now you have his app mm-hmm. in there and, and tells it, tell, tells me when his episode drops and when he's, and when he's streaming live. So, but you can actually um, choose apps for, and what, what, what it's called as a summary. You, you pick a couple of the apps uh, and you can cl- click add apps and then you can set a specific schedule of a summary. So instead of getting them all at once or getting them all the time, uh, you can go in and schedule it. So in this case, I added a couple apps here and then you can get a first summary around a certain time and then a second summary for another time. So if you only want two summaries a day, you can get that to kind of give it, give it a bit of a control uh, to do that. I, I thought this was a cool little thing to be able to, to, uh, to adjust some of the summary uh, notifications because they do drive you crazy, especially if you have a lot of apps that you turn on notifications and, you know, instead of all or nothing, you know, turn off notifications completely. At least this gives you kind of a granular way of, um, of doing this. Have you guys set this up at all? I, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. Good. Yeah, right so there I with you. So found t- I found a good tip that no one knew about <laughs> on <Ooh>. the panel. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll be playing with this right after the show. Yeah, this is great. And and I'm going through my whole list here and it's got, oh my gosh, there's all kinds of stuff in here all the way from the weather app uh, to Zelle to, you know, uh, to the fitness app, even DuckDuckGo and Authy and the support app from Apple. So you can actually, you know, narrow them down if you want. Um, yeah, it's always turned off by default, but I thought this was kind of a cool, cool thing to, to, to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, a solution to, um, my complete overgrowth of social media notifications. That's too. We've got T two. We've got Blue Sky. We've got <laughs> we've got Twitter. We've got uh, Threads. Facebook. There's just so many of them now, and I don't have all those notifications turned. I only have I had Twitter only because I like to get notified you know, like Mac rumors and like all the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all all those are all on my feeds to to notify me, but. You know, everybody has their own ways of setting up notifications, but yeah, this is a way to, you know, if you only want a summary like one or two times a day, you can set it. Oh. Um, nice tip, David. Nice yeah. Tip. Yeah. No, we're good. So before we go, we are one week away from next talk. I still can't believe it. So, um, Max Talk Conference and Expo, we're going to see all our friends. I wish you were going to be there, Ben. We're going to be, we're going to have you there in spirit and try to get you out get you in some some videos or something we'll try to get you to, to participate somehow but uh, we're gonna miss you but uh yeah the, the max talk conference and expo.com it's one week from this coming saturday as we record this uh tickets are sold out unfortunately so but you could get on the waiting list but i'm pretty sure mike has closed that mike potter has uh the organizer has put, put that list to bed because i don't think there's going to be an opportunity because everybody wants to be here uh, but there are still virtual tickets available. So if you go to the website, I have a link in the show notes uh, to, uh, to to come to watch us virtually. It's not that terribly expensive. You can uh, enjoy a virtual Max Talk. And you actually be able to go back and watch the all of our presentations uh, after the fact as well. Chuck will be there. I'll be there. Brittany, Spear, Brittany uh, Smith is going to be there. Uh, Brittany, I almost said the wrong yes, thing. Brittany Spears I, will I be there. Spears? I, I, wow. I just corrected myself. <laughs> Jeff Gamet, uh, yeah. Allison Sheridan, and, and many, many, many great others. Dave Hamilton will be speaking. They'll be also do, doing a, a live geek, a Mac Geek Gab, which I'm looking forward to. So we got all of great, great, these great speakers going to be there. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's, just, it's a nice, cozy uh, uh, venue. So a lot of our folks are going to have a lot of fun. But come on, uh, come join us virtually. We really love to see you. And uh, it's going to be uh, July 22nd, 23rd. Like I said, almost a little uh, more than a week away. I'm looking to see all of our friends and have a lot of fun here. So again, it's maxstockconferenceandexpo.com. Come come check us out. We would uh, love to see you, whether it's virtually or if those of you who are listening are already uh, going to have tickets and we'll make it. So, um, But uh, with that, let's go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, and that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS, or you also can follow us on Mastodon at InTouchWithIOS. Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. 
You can become a patron of the show by coming, uh, going to patreon.com slash is a touch of iOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Uh, so when you're notified that we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash in touch with iOS, where you can watch the current past live streams as well as listen to past shows. There, you can also visit our In Touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. The link is in the show notes. You can listen to us and subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, which includes Pocket Cast, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65, as well as Twitter. Uh, and uh, Chuck Joyner, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you? Dave, thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Yeah. Uh, MacVoices.com is where you'll find everything. Just today, we published the last of the speaker interviews for the Road to Mac Stock, and that was Dave Hamilton. Yes. Uh, we do Mac Voices Live Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, at youtube.com slash TV, And you can also connect with me on a whole bunch of the socials, not Blue Sky yet, um, but pretty much everything else as at Chuck Joyner. One of us is going to get you an invite somehow, some way. We're waiting for, waiting for the first one. Well, second one for Ben. Because <laughs> Ben got See me. what happens. <laughs> uh, thanks, Chuck. And uh, Ben Rathick, thanks so much for being here. Where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me uh, at Ben Rathig on the 10,000 different social media networks. <laughs> you can find me at Rathig.tech for my thoughts. Uh, on Tuesday nights, uh, you can find me on this uh, Mac Voices show with some guy named Chuck Joyner. I don't know. Never <laughs> heard of him. Yeah, Thursday nights, you can definitely find me here. And then Thursday and Friday afternoons, you can find me on the British Tech Network. Uh, the Big Show and the Mac Show. Great. Thanks for being here, Ben. And before we go, I just make sure to give you a programming note. Of course, like we said, Mac Stock is going on. And next Thursday night, we are going to be at our friend Barry Folk's house as, as he has the Midwest Back Barbecue going on. We're going to have such a blast with everybody. And he graciously uh, offered that I could record our podcast live at the, at the, at the event. So we're going to try to... Uh, attempt that i'll be setting up a little mini studio and have all of our friends come on and and then have a planned show so uh hopefully we'll be able to get that pulled off and you'll be able to listen to a lot of great things uh, uh for that show next week so that's that's next week after this show but uh, thanks again for being here everybody we hope you enjoyed the show we enjoyed doing it and we'll talk again soon